This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Uh, very excited about today's program. I'm uh, Speaking of rope trainers, I um, was happy to see a few uh, in use where I was at last week. And last week's destination for me is the topic of today's show. Um, I was telling spiker when we were let me welcome in my co-host for spiker helms what's going on it's good to be back and it's good that you're back here uh, back in the studio yes i um was telling you uh, my my excitement about the, the next two week shows really are all going to revolve around an experience that i was able to uh, go through with my son um and it's a hot topic with us we get a lot of people asking a lot of questions about this topic um some people i think are let's i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i think some of our listeners may be a misinformed i think some of them don't understand i think some are offended i think some are turned off i think some are just confused about uh the big elephant in the room and that is perfect game um perfect game being the what i believe to be now after what i've seen the pinnacle of of baseball at its highest level in and i will say this not knowing everything about what they do as we're going to get a little smarter hopefully in the next two weeks but when it comes to playing in one of their top events it's no doubt the pinnacle of baseball skill and talent on showcase that's my opinion i kind of had an idea of that before but after experiencing it for a week there's no doubt in my mind. They are one of the best companies um, when it comes to the tournament industry. And it's funny that they started out in a little town in Iowa, and now they have facilities in Georgia. And it's where, I mean, if you can go on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, you'll see all the top athletes and the top dudes in the country. And you'll see 15-year-olds throwing... 90 91 92 it's absolutely crazy so i can't wait to hear your story jim i mean it's going to be it's going to be a good little topic well and again i you know i'm i'm admittedly i I mean i'm admittedly shocked at what i saw when i went there now I'm, i'm not a dummy i've been doing this a while and i I've seen a lot of things in youth baseball that make me understand and make me believe that, you know, what you see sometimes isn't always necessarily the case. And, you know, certain players are just better than other players, and there's a variety of reasons for it when you're young and things like that. But but I will say this. Before I left for Atlanta last week, being involved with some of the people that I've been fortunate enough to be involved with, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on what a really good young baseball player looked like. And when I say young, 
now I'm talking that prep age, early prep. Okay. So heading into their 15 year year. 15, 16, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, and fortunate enough around here to have a couple of them, especially that I've known and you see firsthand. But then to go down there and see what I saw with my own eyes just made me go, wow. I had no idea. This, this is kind of one of those things where people are sometimes out there in their bubble and they think, man, this is it. This is it. And then they get out and experience something and they go, man, there's a whole new world. There's a whole nother world out here. That's what I felt like. I remember the first event that I ever did and it was, it was the early stages of perfect game. And I, I wouldn't consider them a startup at that point, but I remember going up to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and my dad said, Hey, we're going to go to this, this event. It's called like, it's, I think it's called like perfect game, something along those lines, but, um, it's supposed to be like this top showcase. And then you're going to see, um, it's going to be kind of, they're going to assess you. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. We go up to Cedar Rapids and there are these guys from all over the country going into this little town in Iowa and it just built off of that. And at that time, their big guy was Prince Fielder. That that was the guy that was their poster child when they started out, and there was, it was like the, this this big guy, this big this big 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 dude, and he ran under a seven flat, <laughs> and the, that was their poster child. And then now he ended up having the career that he did. This event that I went to when I was fifteen, you was unbelievable. Like you had guys. If you look back at the list of that 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 I think they still have it on Perfect Games website. I gotta look it up, but they have the list of dudes that were at that showcase, it was division one guys, MLB guys, minor leaguers all in one location when they're 15 U. it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy atmosphere. Well, and again, I, you know, it's a, I think it's a misunderstood thing to some degree. I think some people want to shun it and disregard it because maybe it doesn't fit their agenda, which is fine. Um, but, but I, I was able to experience it, so I just wanted to share what I saw and what I, what I, and then I've got a kind of a surprise too. So, why do you think that it has that stigma? Like it, like it's. Pl- well, we're going to get into that. Okay, we're going to get into that. All let's right. let's first do our gratuitous, our our shameless plugging here first, as as you will. Uh, don't forget to check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, it is our website. It's an easy way also to subscribe to the show, which is absolutely free. You will get a. Uh, You'll get a notification each time we do the show. Uh, very, you know, very informative information that you guys can listen to at your leisure, and that's what's great about podcasting, and that's why uh, we appreciate all of our fans and all the support that we get. Social media is a way for us to communicate with people. It's also a way for us to get our information out. You guys have been great about your support there. Please don't forget us. We are on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us. Facebook, simply type in Youth Baseball Talk. We'll come up. Um, would appreciate your follow on both. Uh, but just as much, if you could share our information around when you see it, it would be really helpful. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we share content. Sometimes we share tweets that we find interesting or stories out there. But we also spread our show through social media. So you're going to see links sometimes with our show and a picture. And When you see that, if you would just simply share it, whether it be on Facebook or on Twitter, it would really help us in an effort to reach all the great baseball people that are involved in this great game out there uh, immensely. And could not thank you enough for doing that. Um, 
very happy to be a part of lineupmedia.fm. As we mentioned, podcasting is the wave of the future. A big reason for that is, like I said, you want to listen to what you want to listen to when you want to listen to it. So check them out, lineupmedia.fm. Uh, the, the numbers tell us that if you're, if you're a podcaster, you're probably hooked on about six shows. I promise you with all the new shows and all the established shows at lineupmedia.fm, you'll find another one that you find interesting. And, and, um, and again, I know they take your entertainment time very seriously. Make sure you give them a, give them a fair chance at, uh, at your time. Producer Brian Crock, the guy that makes us sound like we know what we're doing in here, he does a great job, and we could not do the show without him. Um, I, uh, you know, again, I, I, I do want to mention the show is not possible without people like Earl Perrin, John Smolch, Chris Verna, and the gang, C- Kirk McNabb, who does the rope report for uh, the guys over at the Rope Trainer each and every week. We have to have people like that involved in the show, the Justin Stones, the Rick Stricklands. Um, you know, we have to have that, the support um, these guys give of themselves and their companies to make sure that the show stays on the air. We're going to ask that you make sure that you at least give them an opportunity and check out what they're about. And that's why I always ask you to at least check out the report.com and see what's going on. Check out Dirtbag Baseball Nation with Kurt McNabb. See what he's doing. He's doing some amazing things that we're very happy to have him involved because he's basically taking the rope trainer now and he's showing well, telling, I guess, here in a podcast world. And then with the videos that we use on our website, he's telling people and showing people how to use it, what to do with it. Because I get a lot of people that say, look, I, I, I'm in. What do I do with it? So that's why Kirk's doing that. But, you know, we're asking you to make sure you at least give these people, EliteBaseball.TV, St. Louis, uh, Rick Strickland Baseball, we're asking you to at least give them an opportunity uh, for your business when it comes to this baseball world and what it is they do. So uh, saw some ropes down in the bullpens and you know a lot of lot of you know it's funny i always say this a lot of jaeger bands in those mm-hmm. in those bullpens down there starting to see some rope trainers so again i think the word is getting out um it's becoming a <clears throat> it's becoming a must-have in your bag uh especially if you're a pitcher but even if you're not it's just a great way to train the arm get the arm healthy save those bullets so again just a, a really neat that was another neat thing whenever you're involved with something and you go down to something so big and you see those things being used it's it, it, it's a neat thing. So, would you say the pregame routine is is getting better at the high school level um, when you went down there? Because obviously, if they have the rope trainers and the Jaeger bands, it, I mean, it's got to get be getting. Better. Yeah, let, let me. Let, okay, so yes, let's let's just start there. So, again, the, it's this is about the experience, I guess, and um, this is my surprise for you and everybody out there is this is a kind of a two part, um, two part show. I really just want to share with you today what I saw. And, you know, Spiker was a Division One baseball player at Missouri State, a, a top program. And Spiker was a really, really good player who, you know, by all accounts from what I understand, um, and he doesn't know this, that I know some people that followed him when he was younger in that high school age, was a heck of a player. And besides being a good baseball player, he was a and, – and here's the thing, and, and this is a term that I throw around that I think – some people, some people automatically understand it. Some people don't get it. He was a baseball player. Now, that is, if you can picture somebody saying something with quotes around it, that is what I'm doing. And the reason that is is because a lot of people want to play baseball, and there's a lot of people that play baseball. But there are just people that are baseball players. They walk like a duck. They quack like a duck. They're a duck. Well, Spiker was a duck. 
you know, and he doesn't know that I know people that watched him when he was younger. <laughs> so I, his name came up actually recently in a conversation around some very uh, important baseball people in our area, and they knew Spiker, and he was a baseball player. I mean, this guy would help you win a baseball game in some way every time he stepped on the field, whether he, he may not have got a hit that day, he may not have had a ground ball hit to him. Somehow, some way, he would help you win a baseball game, and that's what a baseball player is because of how he does what he does. So you got a lot of people out there who think a lot of you, bud. Oh, <laughs> man, I appreciate it. I, I, uh, I'm blushing right now. So, um, so uh, anyway, so perfect game to me. Um, I have – I've known people that have went down there and played, and I know, and I'm not a dummy. I get it, right? I know what it is. But I also think there's a misconception out there that people, I, you know, the word, this is the word, and here's the deal. I used to get upset about this word any, involved in anything, and that's money grab. Okay, money grab is a is a big term in our, I'm not, I guess, is this an industry, yeah. I guess? It's, I don't know what you want to call it. But, you know, there are things out there that go on that, that, give the illusion of a money grab. And here's the deal. It's not an illusion because sometimes it's real. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think people just like to say money grab. Well, That's just me, though. Well, uh, here I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you that some people out there are not going to like what I got to have to say about money grab, but but here's the deal on this. Um, I think to some degree some things can, can be, and it's your description of money grab. Anybody that has a business has to make that business at least profitable to some degree, or you can't have the business. So when you offer something of whether it's perceived value or actual value to somebody, ask yourself what it is you're getting, what are you wanting to get out of it. But then you got to take it, and this is where baseball gets odd, and you correct me anytime I'm wrong here, Spiker. The problem is sometimes the expectations are unrealistic. All right. If you think that you're going to spend your money, your hard-earned money, and something is guaranteed when it comes to baseball, you are sadly mistaken. No, I had, I mean, we had that this past week. I mean, the expectations, um, saying like, "Oh, I, I did this, so I should get X." It's, it's not guaranteed. It's a two-way street. You got to have one, one, one party has to do one thing, and the other party has to do another, and that's how you end up getting the best result possible. I. You know, I can't I can't say this enough. Just because you play for a good organization, just because you take hitting lessons, let's just start there. You could take hitting lessons or pitching lessons or fielding lessons with a great instructor. The best. I mean, we have a couple of them on this show. I mean, Rick Strickland and Justin Stone are two of the premier guys in the country. Okay. Just because you work with them doesn't mean you're gonna have success. It is this is this game is it is tough, man. Listen, I don't I don't I think it's the toughest sport. I'm not dogging baseball or football, I'm not dogging soccer. The majority of these sports, the majority of the positions are system type positions. Mm-hmm. Get in here and play. Now, there are guys that are elite players at skill positions within those sports that can do something that is just other people can't do. I get it. But for the most part, you can play a team sport, and you can get plugged into a system, and you can perform. The problem with baseball, folks, is kind of like golf a little bit to some degree, is you stand there at some juncture in this quote-unquote team game, and you have to perform. The ball will get hit to you at some juncture, and you have to make a play. And it's not always a quote-unquote routine play. 
you will stand in that batter's box and hold the bat. You will be on the pitcher's mound at some juncture and have to throw. There is no, I'm not, I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's no hiding. There's no, if I just do my job, I'm going to be okay. That's not how it works. It's an, it, it, Steve Springer says it all the time. This is the most degrading game there is for your self-esteem because you are going to fail. Again, it, this has become cliche, but the best fail 70% of the time at the plate. It's, it's cliche, I know, but it's real. It's real. It's really real. Now, if you think just because you go to play in perfect game events that that makes you a great player and that you're going to somehow get a scholarship and get noticed, that's not guaranteed. None of that's guaranteed. This is an avenue. Perfect game, what I've realized after this week, it's a they number one, if you're talking about spending money on something and feeling like you're getting what you spent your money for, they put on a great event at a great facility. Okay? It was if you've never been to Lake Point in Atlanta, you're missing out. It is an unbelievable facility. I, I just video L C D scoreboards. You know, after every pitch tells you what kind of pitch it was and tells you what the miles per hour was. I mean. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's turf, dugouts, immaculate, uh, covered stadium, couple row stadium seating behind everything. That whole area is covered to protect you from foul balls, nets down the lines, batting cages, uh, warm up or uh, pitching or, or bullpen areas. It's just unreal. Vendor row, I mean, all the top vendors when you walk in are always there. You can check out all of the stuff that's latest. It's a really neat experience. And that's from the parent and from the fun side of it. But from the kid side of it, if you didn't get fired up, if like I said, people said, you know, my son's a good player. He's not great. He's nowhere near great, okay, not even close. But I told somebody after being down there, my only hope is is that he comes down here after seeing what I saw and says, wow, I, I'm, I want to go to work. I realize watching these guys what, what, what you got to do. I mean, this is a whole – and that's what I'm going to say. Well, there's only two options he has, right? Yeah. Guys, let me tell you, this was a whole nother level. Now, just like anything else, I'm sure that there's different tournaments, different – Things like you know, certain things have a double A, triple A major. I know that not all tournaments are created equal when it comes to perfect game because it's kind of like you can't everything can't just be the same. So I think, and I'm, I'm going to get familiar, but I'm not going to speak out of turn on this. And the reason I'm not going to is what what my surprise is is that their media director um, for them is a is a gentleman very well respected within the game of baseball, whether it be at any level, is Darren Sutton and Spiker. You and I had the opportunity to chat with him. We were able to set up an interview with him. So this is kind of kind of be a two-part. I just want to talk about my experience and what I saw. But then we're going to let Darren come in next week's show. And Darren's going to basically say, hey, I'm an open book here. You guys ask me anything you want. And he wants to tackle the tough stuff. You know, he wants to tackle the what do you say to the people that say you're a money grab or that you're bad. Jeff, Pas- Jeff uh, Passan's book, blaming you guys for the arm injury. He wants to tackle all that. You know, I absolutely asked him. Hey, is there some things you want to stay away from? You know, I, we do that respectfully. And he right? said no. He Ask said absolutely anything. not. I absolutely do not go into a manipulated interview. I want to, we have to address these things because we want people to understand experience. Well, I, I experienced it, okay? And that's what I want to just, just kind of briefly talk about today. Uh, number one, 
my son plays for what would be considered a quality baseball organization. There's many around, um, but uh, there are um, there are different kinds of tournaments at Perfect Game. There are, and and the, people may find this unbelievable, but uh, there are things. I think it's BBWWAs or mm-hmm. BW something, and I don't know what it stands for. But those tournaments are kind of open tournaments. You can get in them. And if I'm not mistaken, I've looked on there before, and if you can believe this, if you were to go down there and play in one of these events, chances are there's about 340 teams in your event, if you can believe that. It's a big event. So these are big events, and they have them all the time, right? So, and from what I understand, you could get the elite teams are there, and you could get good teams, middle-of-the-road teams. All You never know what you're going to see there. Now, my guess would be is that they've been doing this long enough – and, and this is where I'll be going with this in a minute to the other kind of tournament. I think they know who the top organizations are. They know how, like, the East Cobb is always a top organization. They'll have, like, 15 teams at an age level, and they and they're, but they're ranked within their thing. So they know who's the who of the best of the best. So I think they try to spread those out a little bit. Okay, so chances are, from what I understand now, because I haven't been to one of those, but from what I understand – if you go down there, which you can anticipate having in your bracket typically is usually it's usually like six teams in your bracket because um, I think you play five teams. You play five games in pool play, and then you're guaranteed a sixth game, I believe is how it works, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, um, so what will happen is they will try to, again, try. This isn't this is another thing. I mean, what's guaranteed, right? Nothing. couple t- – Top teams, couple middle-of-the-road teams, couple lower teams, and then that way you're going to cover the spectrum. Now, to them even, some of these teams are unknown, so you never know what you're getting. But those, they'll try to make sure that they, that you don't get put in a bracket with a couple of the top teams in the tournament. That way at least – if that makes sense. That makes sense what I'm saying? Yes. Now, you play your, your five games, you get seeded. If I'm not mistaken, I think you got to be in the top two in your pool to make it to bracket play. Mm-hmm. All the other teams play a consolation game, and then you have your winner, and then it's a very prestigious thing if you win one of those events, no doubt about it. Oh, it's very hard. I mean, okay. 340 teams. Yeah. So they also have something called their World Series, and it's an invitational. And what they typically do here, and I'm sure, listen, there'll be some organizations out there, and, and you may be one of them listening to this, and I'm going to say this. They tend to offer the 30 top organizations a spot in this tournament. So, you, you know, you're out there going, well, we're one of the tops and they've never offered us. Well, okay, whatever. I, 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 don't, I don't claim to know exactly how that works. All I know is that my son plays for an organization that's very well respected within Perfect Game. Um, and they have done well at some Perfect Game events. They've done not so well at some Perfect Game events, which I'm assuming all people do at some juncture. And Perfect Game's very dialed in with the clubs. Yeah, they, They're very dialed yeah. in. You know, so... Seems like, club it has, seems like they make a call to right. almost all the clubs, at least to some degree. To have some relationship with them so that they can become – and they do a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how they do it. That's the only way to do it is to stay in tune. Spiker, you run a club. You probably know, I think this team I have could go down there and compete. You know what? There's no way we could go down there. It would be a rough thing for us. I'm sure. Yeah. So our club – was invited down there to put together our best 15U team. Well, my son, I didn't know, I mean, if he would, but he made that team because we had two 15U teams, and they spread them out evenly. So you don't know really who they think is a – but they put a roster together of 17 kids and went down there. My kid made that top 17 roster. So 
going down there, I was excited because I'd never been there before, and I had heard all this stuff. And I know some teams with some kids that I've either coached or helped or whatever that have went down there just in this last year since I've become more wanting to know what's going on with Purple Game. So I followed them a little bit, and some of them have done well. So I'm like going, you know, so that made me sit here and go, you know what? I know we're the Midwest, man, but we got talent too, mm-hmm. right? That's what it, that's what I felt like. I know one team in particular that I know is a really good team at our age group. I mean, they're really good. And they went down there, and I think they went 6-0 and in pool play or 5-0 and in pool play. And then, then they got beat. The snot beat out of them their first bracket play game, which I thought was odd. I thought, huh, how does that happen? You know? So anyway, well, okay, so... I, I realized how it happened. So I go down there. You know, we we drive down. Easy, not a bad drive from the Midwest down. It's it's short of Atlanta, so you don't go through Atlanta, right? I get down there, all excited about it. And I'm going to tell you, this is when I knew something was – this is when you start getting educated. Now, I'm familiar with some of the names, as you are, Spiker. Mm-hmm. The Houston Banditos is always a name you hear. Orlando Cobb, Scorpions. Orlando Scorpions, you hear. Team Elite. Team Elite now is what I understand is becoming one of the top things. But there's these top programs that you hear about in the country, right? You, you, they're always getting mentioned. Well, the Houston Banditos is one that I've heard. And, and lately they've been getting a lot of pub because I think they had a team play up and win a tournament. I mean, it was insane. And then they – so just they've been having a great run, right? Mm-hmm. I check into my hotel. And no sooner do I check into my hotel, do I forget something in the car, I go down and get it. So on the elevator, back up to my room. I'm in the elevator with two kids wearing Bandito uniforms. Now, they're the Houston Banditos. Is that correct? Yes, Houston okay. Banditos. Houston Banditos. I look at these two kids and I say, hey, nice to meet you. You guys play. That's a great organization you play for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, they had accents. And I said, well, where are you guys from? The one kid says, I'm from Miami, and the other kid says, I'm from Orlando. And I went, Florida? Florida. And I, But you play for the Houston Banditos. Now, I knew some of it, but I go to my room, and I start pulling up these teams, and I realize that these rousters from these teams, at 15, they, they don't, they, the kids are from all over the country. There's no borders anymore. There really isn't. I, I mean, mean when, you, when you have social media and you have the internet, I mean, there's no borders. And... And if players are willing to pay and travel, they'll do it. Well, I was talking to somebody about it, and they there, and they said, "Well, this is how it goes. These they play in these types of events, and these types of events are five, six days. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go somewhere for practice. This is what they do. There is no practice. You make this team because you are one of the best players in the country, and they tell you where to be, and you show up." We've seen the interesting story that you shared through your great site, Tourney Guy, mm-hmm. okay, of the thing where the guy just flies him around the country. Yep. That sounded odd to me and made me go, God, I can't believe somebody's doing this. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people doing that. Now, it might be at an older level. I think the high school is more... Right. Well, my point is, is that's nothing new. Now, it may be new that somebody's doing it with a bunch of 10 or 12 years, obviously, but it's going on at that level. So, it made me go... What? So I went to my room, and I realized there's a really neat thing. Let me tell you something. This Perfect Game website, I encourage you to check it out, perfectgame.org. You know, they do a good job of making sure you know that they are it, okay? I mean, they you got know, so much they got information. Their, they got their counter, their ranker, 1,023 major league players and counting have went through their Their, their showcases and tournaments. Yes. So 
let's just get down to brass tacks here. The bottom line is this. I went to my room and started looking at these. I, there's a neat thing on here that when you get to your tournament, you can go down and you can click on any one of these teams and see their roster. Well, number one, it tells you where the kid is from, which you then realize that these top teams, these kids are from all over. And then right next to it is if they're committed, it tells you what school they're committed to. You cannot believe the number of 15-year-old kids that were at this 30-team invitational for this World Series committed to. I'm not just talking about committed to colleges. Committed to notable, recognizable, big-name D1 baseball schools. Two questions. Yes. How big were the rosters? Um, whew. Because I, I, a typical typical roster here in the Midwest any, is 14. Yes. You have 14 players. I, the the average roster that I saw when I would look on there was 20 to 25. Holy cow. But that makes sense. If you're playing six-game guarantees well, plus bracket Well, play. here's what I will say, too. Like, I saw one of the rosters, and I think there was 30 names on there. Now, there weren't 30 kids at the game. Do you think they have rent players I've heard I, I heard stories down there that they, that pitchers will fly in and pitch a game. Absolutely. Now, my question that. is, does the organization pay for I, that I, fight? Or? You know, I don't know. That, that's that's well, it. Well, I can tell you this, that one of the things, and I was, you know, I'll, I'll mention it on air to you, why not? I feel like that's what we do is have a conversation on air and people listen to it. I would like to, now that we've, now that I've seen this, I think the next thing we need to do on this show for that listener is to talk to a couple of these top organizations and say, how do you do this? What what are your expectations? I'd love to talk to the Banditos or Team Elite and say, you obviously are one of the best teams in the country. It Listen, you're not hiding anything. It's out in the the open. You can just go right on here and look at it. Well, you can just look um, at their social media. Yeah, accounts. you can just look at it. So how do you do it? And now, here's what I'll say. You know that whole deal of how nothing's promised, nothing's guaranteed, and do this? The parents may pay for this travel because I can assure you this. Here's what I saw down there this week, folks. I assure you this. These 30 teams, let's say there were 15 to 17 kids on every bench. These are the kids that are going to the top baseball schools, and these are the kids that you're watching on TV play at the top colleges. And I assure you, these are the kids that are getting drafted out of high school. I cannot believe what I saw. I mean to tell you. We have a player around here that's committed to Louisville at 15. We've talked about him on the show before. He is an obvious next-level player. He, he hits a, tanks. He is unbelievable for his age. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, everybody kind of knows who, what's it, Blaze? Uh, uh, Blaze Jordan. Which he was there, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And he stayed in our hotel. That's pretty um, cool. Uh, so. Um, that guy hits bombs. Yeah. He's a play down at 14. He's a play down? Yeah, he, he was playing 14 that week. I guess. That's Why? That's what somebody told me. I don't know. So that's like that's like a grown man going down and playing with like nine year olds. So he, so this kid on the Pirates team is committed to Louisville. You know, I know him. I mean, he is an unbelievable hitter. You know, I mean, he's he went to the Pro Player Stadium, was in that 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 big home. He lost to the you know he lost by one. You're talking about Power Showcase. Yeah, the Power Showcase. Yeah. He lost by one in the second round, but I mean, he was he hit some balls over 500 feet. Now you got to remember, he 15 years old. Okay. Four, Side note. 14, they, and 14 15 at that time. So this kid is committed to Louisville. He's the only kid on our roster that was committed at mm-hmm. that point. Now, one of our kids actually committed to Louisville right after that is going to go with him. His best friend, one of his best friends on the team actually 
Uh, Drew Stein is his name, which great kid. Met him. Um, I've heard that Logan name. Logan had played a little bit with him this year. Um, but, you know, we act- I actually, you know, being friends with, with the Westcotts, we went to lunch one day and the Steins went because they're friends. So got to really meet the family. Unbelievably humble family and kid. And Louisville was there watching Drake and saw him and had been following him a little bit anyway. And so Saturday after our last game on their way home, they just re- detoured through Louisville, visited, and he committed. I mean, it was so good for him. But but I- I'm telling you that what watching these rousters and these teams, the num- like the, the very first thing, you know, the number of scouts – that are there standing behind your thing is unbelievable. And then that's why I know, like the organization I play for personally, no disrespect to anybody else, but, I mean, they would sit with our guy during the games. He'd come out of the dugout, and they, they got this seating next to the dugout. And, you know, at one time I looked down at our, you know, number one, there's like three or four schools that came to every one of our games and sat right next to our dugout. And it's one of them is Mizzou, which you would expect, because, you know, we're, we're a St. Louis space club. But Indiana, that's how all the good clubs do it. I mean, mean, and they just sit there and they just go put and and you know, and 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 that's what you with our club that is a benefit that we have is this guy's just he has a what shows the honesty that he's able to give a good assessment to the player and the scouts trust him. And that's what I've heard is that that's really you know he's not to a fault because you can't do this, but he's not like he doesn't like sell every player over promote yes. Which I think some people think that's your job. Like you're supposed to sell my kid. Well, I can't sell if it's not. Oh, there's so a trust anyway, factor, yeah. So that being said, it was I, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I just so this guy, this this kid that's from here, and the other kid for that matter that I've seen play. If if those kids would be early D one commits, I felt like I had a really good handle. Like thinking, okay, these guys are the best of the best that they're committing. Let me tell you something. There were 250 kids there better than these two kids. Wow. And what? And let me describe better. More athletic, bigger, stronger, faster. If I learned anything last week, folks, let me tell you this. I know you're out there, and you're and and again, you. I get it. You're you're spending money on a lot of things. Make sure you are helping your son or daughter, if it's whatever it is, help them athletically. They need to be athletes. That's all I can tell you. All these kids that I watched, I guarantee you could pick up a basketball and go play. If you handed them a football, they could go play. So you're not saying just a baseball player. You're saying be athletic, be the guy that's able to do everything and anything. Correct? Yes. So... I'm, I just, I it just was another level, and it was the mental thing too. It was the mental part too. Let me tell you that. Professional at bats at 15. Now you got to remember this is all wood. And I was watching kids, and 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 here's the and and again I, I, you know, some of this we can talk about next week. But let me just tell you what I saw, and we'll kind of end with what I saw. Here's what I saw. I saw 15 year old kids throwing 92, 93 miles an hour. The very first day, you know how they'll put out a thing like top velos from the day? Mm-hmm. And it's a long list. I mean, there's got to be 30 kids on that list. If you didn't throw 88 or 89, you weren't on the list. You didn't make the list. 15. 15. You didn't make the list if you didn't throw 88. Oh, boy. Okay. And, and there's only so many games first day. They didn't like oh, 300 kids through and 30 of them threw 88. Right? 
I was watching game. I mean, we never. Luckily, I, I, teams I don't think felt like they needed to against us. We were obviously in the bottom third. Okay, I mean, we competed like like again. The Orlando Scorpions were in a championship game. They were in our bracket. We lost five four. It was our the best game we played in a tournament. Okay, now I know they had a couple guys they didn't pitch against us, mm-hmm. which is fine. We did lose to the champion team elite, and they short gamed us. And let me tell you, it was another level of baseball. Now, our pitcher struggled to throw strikes that game. We're in that game if he throws strikes competitively. No way are we. I mean, we're. listen, it's not a shame to say, realistically, we're not as good as them. We're not as deep. No way. No way, shape, or form. That game, I'm telling you, nine kids up and down the lineup, professional at bats. Spoiling curveballs. Spoiling sliders. Pitches on the corner, flipping them foul. And then smoke a ball in the gap and run like a deer. And all six foot, all 185 pounds at 15. I, I it, it, you know, the pitcher just mowing kids. You know, it just, I, guys. So was it the, was it the pitching or was it the hitting that you were well, most impressed well, with? Well, let me tell you, I, I, I can't, I, I can't decide because I sat and watched a game where two good teams locked up, and they threw a top guy, both of them. Because they, you know, hey, we're locked in a good baseball game here. I'm talking 91 miles an hour from these kids on the mound. One of them being a lefty. You would think at 15, some kid out there throwing 91 with a slider or curveball or breaking pitch, off speed pitch. Yeah, you, how are you going to have a chance? These kids are squaring balls up. But let me tell you something. Where it comes from? I had the opportunity to watch some guys from Team Elite. I watched some guys from Banditos. I paid attention. These top organizations that you could tell who they were. They would, they weren't even playing. They weren't even in their gear. They would be in shorts and like a dry fit shirt, not playing. They would, sh- they'd be in a cage. The way they worked in the cage was off the charts. What did they do in the pregame? Was it like everyone's doing something, or was they yes. just sitting by the cage See, and just, just doing? It's a whole nother level. Yeah, no, working on their game constantly. You know, feel. They didn't just get in there and swing. They'd take a swing and they'd hold their finish and they'd feel their body. They'd come back, and they'd work on it again. And then the coach would come up, and they'd talk about something functional within their swing, and they would work and work and work. Now, some people might say, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Well, I mean. What was the entertainment? So, like, take yourself away being a dad and um, being a coach. The entertainment value as a fan, if you went down to Lake Point right now, would it be worth worth the drive to watch that type of baseball? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, just to walk into the ballpark and just watch the watch games. Yeah, you know what? I again, I I don't know what'll happen if I go back because I'm sure I had a wow factor. Because again, I've said this to many people. I've done this for a while and been involved with a lot of people. I felt like I was pretty tuned in. And I think like anything, if you do something and you think you're decent at what you do or you think you're educated, right? I, I mean, I'm not going to say it was like this, but it, it'd be like if you thought the world was flat and you set out on your ship and you said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to fall off the end of the earth, and you never did. You'd be like, huh, I don't get it. I can't believe what I just saw. I just went completely around the world and never fell off. That's what I felt like. I went out there and thought, I cannot believe this. So it's like going like the field I, of I, dreams. Well, I, I just guess, it, I, I, you know, I just... I don't know. I guess the first time you see anything like that, it just makes you go, wow. Now, there might be people listening to this show that have been there multiple times and thought, Jim, i got to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, 
I mean, I saw some, but I'm telling you, these invitationals, it was unreal. So it's almost to the pinnacle of like Cape Cod for college baseball. When yeah. You go to Cape Cod, you're like it's the, the wow factor. And then unreal. when you go down to Lake Point. And again, I'm going to say this too. Please know, and I, and I want to reiterate this, and I can't wait to talk to Darren next week. I don't know the – like if, if you told me you went to a AAA major U-Triple-S-A tournament, I would know what you meant. I would know what you're going to see. I get it. That I know. I don't know what the terms they, – they have different like – like I know that Rick has a at the Pirates has a bid every year to go play in Jupiter at their their top sixteen in the deal. fall. Yeah, it's like a bit like that's a premier event. That's the event. That's the event. Okay, I don't know what that's called. I don't know if there's a, you know what I mean. I think it's like the WWCB. Well, okay, something. yeah, whatever it is. But but I'm also not naive. I know that the that that perfect game has tournaments typically. You go down there and you don't see all the. There's some of them there, but it's not. And I guess the well, all you, you, the you've all, mentioned you've yes, mentioned a perfect yes. game event that you were right. unsatisfied with, but then there were other. Well, yeah, but that was a different thing. Yeah, but that and was different. That's, and that and was Darren completely has different. completely wants to talk about it. Yeah, because th- I think they, like anybody else, they run the risk of they're trying to grow their business, and sometimes you make a bad choice on who you partner up with to some degree. So. Um, but they have Lake Point locked down. Well, yeah. I, and again, I say this. I don't my, – my guess would be I, – I, from what I understand, if we would have went – our team I – th- I think we won um, – would we win one or two games down there? Out of we were, six? Yeah, we were competitive in all but one of them. So when you came to the ballpark, did it feel like, oh, boy, this is going to be an interesting Oh, game? I just look at the physicalness of the majority of the teams. I mean – could you tell what the result was going to be before the game even started, or was it, or or was it like, eh, we 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 could we could sneak one in? Well, here. it's all pitching. Number yeah, one. that's true. It, with wood bad, it's all pitching. I mean, think about think about it. I mean, well, I mean, the game. If you whoever catches and throws the best wins. Well, I, I, if you're one of the what I would call elite teams, there, yes. If you're not, you can get dominated by pitching pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pitch well, yeah, you know well, what I mean? throwing and catching. Like, yes. one, like, like again, it's no disrespect. I, this kid has been one of our better pitchers all year long. He just didn't have it. I mean, he got the ball against Team Elite, and he didn't have it that day. You know, I don't know if he was nervous. I don't know if he was. Um. I don't know if he was overwhelmed. I I don't know. Great kid, works his butt off. I mean, it just maybe he just didn't have it that day. Um. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't have a great answer because I can't. I'm not going to speak for some kid, but I, I would. If you told me again we were going to play that team and you're going to pitch the same kid, I'd say absolutely. He just didn't. He just walked too many guys, and you can't walk. These guys are already good enough. You can't give them free bases. You got to hope they hit the ball at people and you make good pitches. And again, that kid's been the best pitcher, one of the best pitchers at that age group all year long. He just didn't have it that day. It seems like all these. It seems like the clubs are going towards the. You know how USA baseball was back in like the '90s and yeah. early 2000s, where they got the best players in the country, and you had to you had to work yourself towards that team. It seems like now these clubs are doing that, where they they're actually actively scouting and trying to find these players so that then they can make a huge run at Lake Point, Fort Myers, Grand Park. Sure. And I guess 
this is going to be odd, but I think coming full circle on where I'm at now after experiencing this is this, and this will be my message to parents, coaches, and everything out there. I know what you're doing is important to you. Absolutely. And 100% it should be anything. What's the saying? Anything worth doing is worth doing right, right? Mm -hmm. If you are finding yourself being one of the people, and I, I, I was him, so again, I'm not looking down on anybody, but if you find yourself being that person that's struggling to keep it under control, to do the right thing versus the wrong thing to try to win a baseball game. Um, if you're compromising yourself or others, if you're not handling things the best in the all in the search for the almighty W, remember this. While you're doing that, think about why you're doing it and what you're doing because I assure you, where you're at, unfortunately, is not the pinnacle. So chasing a W at some field in the middle of wherever on a weekend and compromising who you are, compromising your belief, compromising what should be right, compromising integrity, compromising health, compromising what's right in search of a W. I assure you the real W's are out there. If you want to go get them, they're not worth all that. That's what it really, believe it or not, that was the epiphany I went through was, you know, I think about some of the things I did with my older son at a younger age, chasing a win in the middle of nowhere, while all the while this was going on and we weren't even on the radar of being able to compete at that level. What were we really chasing? You understand what I'm saying? I Listen, I'm not saying it's okay if you're one of these kids that might get drafted, but I guess I am kind of saying that because that's what... I mean, that's what you do. Listen, it, that's what that world is. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a draftable guy, or you're gonna go to Alabama or or Mississippi State or Ole Miss, Clemson, South Carolina, SEC, Florida, Virginia, if you're gonna compete for a national title in baseball, or you're and you're gonna get paid possibly, welcome to that world. Now you got a whole new set of problems. Well, every single soul that's on that field, on the, that complex, is wanting to chase after that dream, which is they all think that they're going to be Major League Baseball players and they're all going to be Division One athletes. That's why you're there. That's why you compete at that high level, which is crazy to think about these, these teams that chase after the wins in the little small towns like, like how you said. Development, there's always someone trying to get better than you. I mean, and again, I'm not being ignorant here. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with winning, but in your quest to win at all costs, if you need a humbling thought, know this, where you're at and what you're doing is not the pinnacle, unless, unless you're there. I'm sorry. When you chase after wins, it feels like you lose more, but when you chase after yes. like just trying to get the player better, yes. like this last season, I had 30 wins and I didn't even care about the wins. I like I would I mean I would I would care less. Like if we're in the seventh inning of a three two ball game, obviously my juices, my competitive juices are flowing in. Like how do I how do I stop this yeah. team from winning? But it's not till that point where everything else leading up to that point, I, I mean I'm just trying to figure out how do I get this kid better. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So well, um that was my experience down there. Again, um my only hope for my I think you gotta put things in perspective and my hope for my son was is that he went down there and we've talked a little bit about it, that he saw what was really going on. Um, 
that he realized, man, I got a lot of work to do. And to th- and and really, if you there's nothing wrong with thinking, man, I need to emulate these guys and how they do what they do, right? Mm-hmm. There's some of that too. That was all. That was my only expectation. Okay, that was it. That was it. I. That's my only expectation that I wanted. That was it. That was it. That was it. I'm. I'm. I can't think of. I can't think of any other way to look at it, because you gotta somewhat put it in perspective and deal with it as your own. So that was my thing. And again, I can't wait for next week. Darren Sutton, he's a great guy. We talked to him. He's very open, very informed. This guy knows the inner workings of everything that's going on. He's got an unbelievable um, role within Perfect Game. I'm looking forward to that next week. Please don't miss that. We're going to be real excited about bringing that to you. Um, Right now, we're going to do our segmented part of the show where we bring in some of the great people that are involved with it. And like I said, each and every week, these guys are all uh, connected in one way or other to the top baseball that goes on in their areas for sure. Um, we're going to start off with Kurt McNabb. You all know him from Dirtbag Baseball Nation. He does a great job of representing the great people from the Rope Report, the Rope Trainer, each and every week. John Smoltz, Chris Verna, Earl Perrin, the great group over there with the Rope Trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Let's go to Kirk right now and see what he's got for this week from Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Take it away, Kirk. Thanks, Jim. Welcome to the dog days of summer, all you dirtbags and members of the Rope Trainer Revolution, and for all you new listeners as well. This is the Rope Report, and I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, as always. I hope you all had a great week of baseball, and even though there really wasn't a lot of player movement in the MLB, hopefully your team got their man if they are in a pennant race. Now, over the last two weeks, I've been talking about focusing on hitting the dime and learning how to create a positive power angle when pitching. If you miss the shows, I advise you to take the time to go back and give them a lesson. You won't be sorry. It sets the whole stage. We are your arm care specialists since that is our area of expertise as well as our number one mission, vision, and goal every day. And as I've said over and over again and will forever, in order to really be your arm care specialist, you have to allow us to educate you and teach you how to use your entire body properly in order to take that undue stress off your throwing arm during the motion. It should now be starting to make sense to you that I'm trying to educate you on the throwing process through using your entire body. I want you to please follow along with these steps. Step one, I need you to know what my focal point is and that's the dime inside the catcher's mitt. Step two, I need you to learn how to create a positive power angle with my entire body to and through the dime. Step three, Now, my arm is attached to my body, so it has no choice but to go along with my body to and through the dime if I'm doing it properly. That's going to give me my best ability. If I'm not doing it properly, I have to change my arm action or manipulate my arm because I don't create that proper power angle with my body to the dime. That's when I'm adding unnecessary stress to my arm and therefore, I'm just an injury waiting to happen. Step four, something that's not thought of and something that's very seldomly talked about is understanding how important your middle finger is on your throwing hand. 
Your middle finger is the last finger to touch the ball during your throwing motion. So if it isn't going to and through the dime, then how can a ball possibly go to and through the dime? Wherever that middle finger goes, that's where your ball's going. Try it. Find out for yourself. It'll validate. If you can understand all these steps and be able to repeat them, then you're going to create what it is we want most, and that is having sustainable success. Not just short-term success like going up and down on a roller coaster ride. I'm Kirk McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and that's all the time I have for this week's episode of The Rope Report, unfortunately. But I need you to remember, you have the control to do all these drills I talk about here on The Rope Report by using a rope trainer anytime and anywhere. Trust me, your throwing quality will go up if you follow along with my drills because you won't get a bunch of confusing talk and buzzwords from parents, instructors, or myself, most importantly, throwing at you when you should simply be focusing on learning what your eyes, your body, and your arm needs to be doing properly. And then all you have to do is learn to feel when you're doing it right or wrong. Trust me, you will feel it and it'll start to make sense the whole package all these steps. If you don't already have your own rope trainer, then I recommend going to www.theropetrainer.com to get one and be sure to enter Dirtbag5 at the checkout to let us know you heard about it here on The Rope Report. Thanks again, everyone, and keep those comments and questions coming to me at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. You can send in any inquiries in regards to this week's episode as well. Feel free, anytime, all the time. This is what I do, and this is what I love to do. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Until next week, I need all you dirtbags to hit those fields with that get dirty mentality. Great stuff, my man. Really appreciate you. Appreciate everybody at Dirtbag uh, Baseball Nation for all you do. Um, taking on the role as the uh, as as the as the man that's going to teach us how to use the rope trainer, what it's about, what it's for, promoting it from the guys over there at the rope trainer uh, is a big role. Uh, you do a great job with it. Make sure um, you, you know you check out Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Is that that is the guy giving you the rope report each and every week? But make sure you check out the ropetrainer.com again. It's a great product that I firmly believe in, and I'm seeing more and more of them in bullpens all over the country. Make sure you check it out today. Um, another guy that we mentioned, and let me tell you, I, you know, I might even turn this into a three-part series and get some information from him. Um, Justin Stone is as is, 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 is tied in as anybody with Perfect Game as well. Let's hear from Justin with his EliteBaseball.TV training tip of the week, uh, and then when we, uh, uh, when we come back uh, from that, um, we'll talk a little bit about the fact of uh, of how we can do that because again Justin is as is as locked in with perfect game as anybody. Take it away Justin. Thanks Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And as a private instructor I get players that come in the cage, younger players all the time, often emulating their styles of their favorite hitter in the big leagues. And it always comes in after the all-star game and after the home run derby. I see players trying to emulate those players that have had a lot of success hitting the ball for power. And one thing that I would like to say is that it's great for young players to experiment with style. I can think back when I was seven, eight, and nine years old, and I would mimic every Cardinal player in their lineup, both right-handed and left-handed while playing wiffle ball in my backyard. 
I think there's something special that comes with that in teaching players fluid in movement, teaching players how to use their body in different styles, but at the same time, they're learning about their body and figuring out what style is going to fit them best. So my point here today is a dad will come in with a player and say he really likes Josh Donaldson and I have a nine-year-old that's lifting his knee up to his waist and he's trying to use this giant style in order to have success in the plate. The younger the player, typically the less body control that they have and the movements tend to need to be smaller. So you just heard me say it's okay to experiment with that because players are going to learn how to use their body, create better body awareness, feel, balance throughout the swing, which is necessary to create ground force and produce a correct swing pattern. But at the same time, when they get into a competitive setting, we have to use a style that fits them both with their athleticism, and you can't forget, we're judging them on how well they can time a pitch up. So if a player can't use the timing mechanism of lifting their knee up high in the air and getting it back down to the ground in time in order to hit, then it's not a fit for them. In the cage, transferring onto a game can also fool an instructor or a dad as well. I get players that can control a smooth tempo, do a bigger movement than maybe what necessarily they can get away with in a game or what I would like for a player at that age, but off of the tee, you never see an issue with it. Tempo is usually a little bit easier. There's no timing involved in a non-moving ball. But then you start to get in a live situation, either in an overhand batting practice, or then the game speeds up with both anxiety of competing and the body just getting amped up to move faster in a competitive setting. And then you find that style that works so well in the cage doesn't have the same success on the field. So you have to evaluate these things, both not just in a wiffle ball setting in your backyard, certainly not just off of a tee and what the player's able to control off of a non-moving ball, but is this style going to be a fit and allow the player to have sex success in the game? So finally, the younger the player, the tendency is the more movement that I'll take away. Now, I'm not gonna put them hands back in a no-stride approach, because I think you need movement and fluidity throughout a good swing pattern because remember the body is a gigantic whip so if we make it too static and still it takes away the body's natural athleticism and the natural whip action but to think that a nine-year-old is going to be able to lift his knee up to his chin and be able to get his foot down on time one create a good swing pattern and two be on time with the hit is probably asking most young hitters to do too much now if a player could come in and do that and they were having success in a game with it would i ever change them no it's not upon me to impress style upon a player that has a style that's working for them. But 95 times out of 100, a style that big is going to be too much for them. So let's take away two things from today's talk. As you're listening to this podcast, encourage your athletes to experiment with style and bigger movements. It's going to teach them balance, stability, and body awareness. That's all going to come in handy later in play. If they're doing that in their backyard, they're doing that in their own time in the cage, absolutely fine. But when we're actually training and getting them prepared to have success in a game, find a style that fits them both in size and type in order to have success when the ball is coming at a higher rate of speed, game speed. So that may not be necessarily the same styles their favorite player uses in the big leagues, but that too is okay. Until next time, this is Justin Stone at EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field.
Great stuff as always from Mr. Stone. And again, he, you know, he's part of that group that goes to that elite tournament in Jupiter. He and Rick, they kind of have a joint thing between Elite Baseball of Chicago and St. Louis Pirates. They'll kind of feed off one another and put together an elite team basically from the two organizations that go down there and compete. So, and he plays in a lot of perfect game events. He does a great job, much like Rick does. A lot of D1 guys, some drafted guys coming out of his program. Works for the Cubs, kind of like Rick works for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Yep. I mean, these guys are tops at what they do. So, you know, I'm going to talk to Justin and see if maybe we can even talk about some perfect game experiences, maybe get him on after we talk to Darren uh, in a couple weeks. Maybe get both him and Rick. Yeah. yeah that, I think that, I would, think we probably, that would be polarity yeah, right you know, there. We, awesome. we, we're just going to turn this into a four-part series. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Why not? Um, speaking of Rick, uh, each and every week we do the Ask Rick segment from, uh, from Rick Strickland with his uh, Ask Rick. St. Louis Pirates Nation, and, of course, Rick Strickland Baseball. Let's hear what Rick's got for us today. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me again on the show. I'm always excited to get on here and answer a few questions from the audience, um, especially during the during baseball season. People have a lot of different things that come to mind, and uh, they want to try to get every advantage they can um, to help their kid, son, or daughter be able to uh, to perform better on the field. The question this week is not a question I hadn't heard before. I've heard that before. Uh, lots of times we've spoken about it uh, uh, with our players as well. But the question this week we have for the show is when facing pitches at the youth levels, should we tell our younger players not to even offer at a curveball or breaking pitch? Um, one of the things I would say is, you know, I assume that we are talking about, uh, you know, really young players, 11, 12, 13 years old, maybe even 14, perhaps 14. Uh, I find it interesting that you're having to have that discussion with people at that age, uh, that they're throwing enough breaking pitches to have you even uh, even talk to your players about not offering at it. You know, to, to, to be in a situation where you have to make a decision on whether or not to swing at a curveball means that you're probably seeing a whole bunch of them. You know, if one gets thrown once a game or twice a game, I don't think that that's much of an issue. And I don't think you're going to be able to teach a kid to be able to recognize that particular type of pitch that he only sees once, you know, every two or three weeks or whatever it is like that. But I find it very um, interesting that the person who asked this question would be seeing a whole bunch of breaking pitches and would want to know a little bit more about what the age group of the player is at this point um, uh, that would put a kid in position to throw a lot of breaking pitches. So that's just my point. There's some people out there that think that, you know, you're not saving yourself for a big league level, so let the pitcher throw whatever he wants, wants to at this point. Uh, again, my thing is is that uh, breaking pitches aren't very difficult to hit if you are, especially the younger age group, because you know, most kids don't tend to to uh, spin the ball that much. Uh, but if you're operating biomechanically efficient and you're you've got a pretty good uh, idea of how to track pitches, um, you shouldn't have much of an issue with that. The issue with hitting breaking pitches is most of the time people, kids can't recognize them, even adults can't recognize them early enough, and so they end up offering at the ball. Uh, and usually breaking pitches, uh, I don't think, and I haven't gone back and looked at some of the big league data on breaking pitches, but I only would have to assume that a lot less of those pitches are being thrown for strikes at that upper level, uh, which only leads me to believe at the younger level, I'd assume that many curve balls that are being swung at are balls that are not strikes at all. So... Again, when you're you're, dis, you're disciplining kids, it's not that you shouldn't swing at it because you're intimidated about swinging at them. You know, if a pitcher throws your pitch that's a curveball, that's a strike, it's going to be a, a hittable pitch. You have to think about how the plane of the pitch is actually coming in. Any curveball that's thrown is actually going to pop up 
so it's going to have a wider angle so it may be coming down when i say angle the, the degrees of which it's coming to the plate may be you know a double digit 12 13 degree slope to the plate so the ball's going to pop up uh at that point so if it's a strike that means that ball's coming in high we know that a lot of pitchers are taught to keep the ball down if you're throwing curveballs for strikes it's probably a pitch that's probably a very hittable pitch that you can swing at so if you're seeing enough of those pitches that you have to make decisions on uh, and you i wouldn't discourage a kid from not swinging at curveballs that are thrown for strikes it's part of that whole pitch recognition thought process that you go through um, if a kid doesn't see them very often i don't know that you're going to be able to coach him by telling him not him or her not to swing at it because he hadn't seen it much or usually they're going to be fooled by those pitches a lot of times in the instruction business when i'm talking to hitters that come in they say i'm having trouble with the curveball having trouble with the curveball and then you talk to them about where the pitch location was and so the pitches is bouncing and things like that so you're not really going to help that kid by improving his swing you're going to improve that kid's swing by helping him identify which pitches to hit uh with that it doesn't matter whether that pitch is a curveball or fastball or whatever it's like that especially if they're strikes or pitches that they can handle i shouldn't always be be too um uh cautious to say strikes we we definitely need to say the pitches that you can hit last night i was watching a game on tv uh seth Grinke got his no hitter broken on a pitch that was a curveball or a slider that was down and in and it was not a strike and the guy hit it about 450 feet so when we talk about pitch location we're talking about pitches that the hitter can hit and that's based on an individual it's not always you know uh, a pitch that that would be hittable for other pitches uh, other players based upon the swing so my advice to the guys, you tell them not to swing at a pitch. I mean, you could try that if the guy's throwing a lot of them. He's not throwing any for strikes. But, you know, I would say, okay, in most circumstances, you've got to continue to work with kids on identifying all types of pitches and teaching them how to how to swing that way. So hopefully my rambling this week, Jim, helps some people uh, in this process of becoming better players. Uh, as usual, we can be reached on uh, trainwithrsb.com. Or you can reach me uh, through that website either by sending us an email, text uh, message, and uh, you know we can answer some questions fur- further from you. Again, Jim, thanks for having me on. Look forward to being on the show next week. Thanks again. Great stuff, Rick. Really appreciate you. That's a great idea, Spiker, because Rick, you know, he's been doing this a long time and his affiliation with Perfect Game. And again, I'd like to talk to them about some experiences and some things they've seen. They've they've both had players go there and blow up. They both had players go there and enhance their status and get drafted because of things that have happened. It's a it's a it's it'd be a really neat thing. That's a great idea. Yeah, we can get well. him in the studio and then Justin yeah. Stone. That'd be great. Good stuff. Absolutely. Just drive on down from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, um, again, I hope you enjoyed today's show. It, it really was nothing more than I just wanted to share my own personal experience before we actually hear from the man himself next week, Mr. Darren Sutton. And again, um, and, and take my experience with a grain of thought. Everybody's experience is different. There may be a guy listening to the show going, Jim, i got to be honest, man, I went down there. I didn't see that at all. We'd love to hear from you. And again, I don't know which event you went to, but man, I don't know. This thing was crazy insane good baseball man it was like wow so just you know this is i'm gonna i chalk it up as to another thing of when you think you don't know or when you think you do know you realize you don't know and now you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> how i feel spiker good stuff my man yep i'm looking forward to the next show all right for spiker helms i'm jim cromer again this is uh youth baseball talk we encourage you to go to youthbaseball.com check us out that's where you can hear the shows it's also where you can subscribe Check us out on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Hit us up on Facebook. Simply type in Youth Baseball Talk. 
Our ask is that you follow our shows and that you share our content. We'd really appreciate it as we're just trying to reach all the great youth baseball people out there. Uh, lineupmedia.fm couldn't do the show without them. And, of course, our great producer, Brian Kroc. For Spiker Helms, I'm Jim Cromer, and we will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.